Come on, Tottenham, stick it in the goal. Come on, Tottenham, the pace are bloody slow. You are the first team, the last team my dreams have ever seen. Put on that lily white and run on to that green. White Hart Lane has seen its pain, it's had its loads of nights. We fought our team through thick and thin and all those glory nights. And when the game is done, we'll sing a song and talk it out all night. Hey! Come on, Tottenham, stick it in the goal. Come on, Tottenham, don't be so bloody slow, you are the first team. Hi, it's season six, episode 23 of the Tottenham Family Podcast. Joining me this week, John Snickles from Merchester. Good afternoon. Good evening, good morning. And Zoe Pearson from Watford. Hi guys, you alright? Good, yeah, thanks Zoe. Right, um, middle of the week we played, we played Southampton, we played Borough. Getting ahead of myself, we played Borough in the in the FA Cup um, third round replay. Um, it was an encouraging night, I thought. Yeah, but it was Middlesbrough. I mm. thought we played quite well um, within ourselves. Um, and I think the the, the, the crowd seemed to were behind the team and, and wheeled us on all the way through. But yeah, it, it, it was it was Middlesbrough and I think we were expected to beat them, if I'm honest. Um, I think uh, the, the, the one bright point of it was uh, Tanganga playing. Um, de- definitely have found a player there. Hmm. Whether or not he's a right winger or whether or not he's a left winger even, is another matter, but I think we'll come on to that later on. Mm. Zoe, what did you think? I mean, I agree with you guys. The signs were definitely encouraging. I mean, the first half was was some of the better we've played in a, in a long time. And I mean, I mean, um, you know, Middlesbrough sort of did stand off us a bit and, and allow us sort of dictate the play, you know, through the midfield quite a lot. But you know, it was it was encouraging. And like you say, a lot of the the attention did fall towards um, young Jaffet who's sort of finding his feet now and, and finding minutes in that defence. Um, because, to be fair, at one point, you know, he could he have really done much worse. We were leaking goals like nobody's business. And, and still at the end of the Middlesbrough game, we, we still gave them a chance to sort of come back and bite us. You know, letting in the, that, that, that goal was... Um, it's just it's bad habits we're continuing getting into. And, and it's something that we're trying to obviously... Um, Mourinho is trying to implement change in, in, in terms of, you know, trying to keep clean sheets. But uh, unfortunately, what we've now lost in attack with, with, with obviously Harry's latest injury, it's sort of, um, we're looking a bit more toothless than maybe we would do if he was fit. Um, mm. But positive game, and we threw to the next round, which, which was the most important thing. I, I don't think, um, I don't think Mourinho could put all his eggs into the, Champions League basket, he has to sort of have his eye on the FA Cup, and I think that's probably the most realistic route that he foresees of us getting some sort of silverware this season. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, in terms of individual performances the other night, and, I, and I'm, this is off the top of my head, so I'm, 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 I might miss out some players, so feel free, feel free to, to jump in. But Taganga was the obvious one. Second get second start, that that was good. I thought Lacelso and Lamella. Particularly that first half were, were really buzzing, um, putting good performances. Uh, I'm trying to think who else played that night. Um, the mind's a bit blank, but it was Middlesbrough. You're both right. They were, they are inferior opponents. And um, having said that, 
I liked the fact that we it was the first time in a while under Mourinho that I felt we were playing it, keeping the ball on the deck. We weren't knocking it long. We were moving it about quickly, incisively, and that's that's important. And I think we've always, uh, whether that's been you know under Pochettino or now under Jose, we're always at our, at our most effective when we move the ball quickly. Um, but it was also nice just that, that it was on the deck and it, it wasn't you know, hoofing it up, um, and that was encouraging. And yeah, we're through to the next round. Um, a little bit of a scare at the end, but that's that. That's just perhaps underlines what, what we already know that the defence needs needs to be worked upon. And um, yeah, uh, next round of the cup, Southampton away. I think it's this Saturday, which I have to say I'm slightly concerned about. Seeing as they did a number on us on New Year's Day. Um, that was the, the the game that Kane pulled up with a hamstring injury. So. Um, we we go into that match um, without Harry Kane, um, and I don't know. I know they lost yesterday, but they've been doing well recently. They, they seem to have a little bit of um, revival. So I don't think that's going to be an easy match by any stretch of the imagination. I'll stick my neck on the line and say it's, be, it's going to be a draw. Um, <laughs> I think we'll <laughs> I think we'll get a replay out of it. Um, it's going to be a tough match. That you know. All the sides that we seem to be coming up against at the moment are having a bit of a resurgence. Even, you know, Norwich aren't playing that badly at the moment either. And that, that's going to be another tough game. But yeah, mm. um, I think Mourinho will get something out of that game. Um, and I think when he came in and with that first game, we I think we scored four goals. And I think I said, you know, he's, he's looked at it and we're scoring more goals than the other team. He's, he's got a story in the attacking out rather than the defending. And now it looks like the defending is getting better while the attacking is regressing. Um, so hopefully, I think, oh yeah, I think we'll get a draw. I, I think we'll get a draw. Be go to a replay. So are you, you going to? Uh, I mean, I, 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 I think we're going to lose. John's gone for the for the draw. You're going to stick your head on the line and and say that, that we'll very... we'll win <laughs> first time round. First time of asking. There's, there's nothing in recent showing for me to be hugely confident <laughs> of any sort of result at the moment with Tottenham. Um, I, I always say whenever we go into a game, especially away from home, I'd love to win, would take a draw. Um, if it means going back to the to the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and, and, and having another replay, it's not ideal, obviously with the fix, fixtures and everything. But, you know, um, I, think you, I think a draw is probably a sensible um, place to hedge my bets at the moment and then if we get a win it'll be a nice surprise but you know that's that's unfortunately where we're where we're sitting at the moment with with Spurs it's that sort of mediocrity that's sort of running throughout the, the club at the mm. minute that that nobody can really sort of get too excited about unfortunately and that's that's just the way that's just the way it seems to be feeling at the moment with, with the players and the fans and so I, I'll say a draw away at Southampton and possibly for a replay but Hope, always hope for a win. You never know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I suppose if you, if you draw, then you're still in the cup. But um, it's probably not what Jose wants in terms of um, an extra fixture. But it's uh, another, should I say, uh, cynical side of me. Um, it will be a, another uh, cash day at the new stadium for Mr. Levy. Um, yeah. Um, uh, so yeah it might even be televised that could be some revenue anyway um, 
Right, let's talk about yesterday. Um, Watford. Um, that was our first nil-nil in the league since. Since any of you care to, to guess when the last nil-nil? Well, um, last year. I know it's only January, but last year. Okay, sorry. <laughs> oh gosh, I I wouldn't I wouldn't even be able to pick a date out of the air. Not not for a long time. I, I can't. So. I, I don't know about in all competitions, um, but in the in the Premier League, the last time that we got a nil nil was not last season, but the season before last, very early on, very early on when when we were playing our home matches at Wembley, 2017-2018 season, September 2017, nil 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 against Swansea City. Bloody hell! Oh yes. So that's yeah, that's that. Um, clean sheet. I guess that was one positive. Um, the Gazaniga save was save was um, was good. That was that was a high, highlight of the game for me. But I thought, apart from the first twenty minutes, when I thought I thought we were really lively, we looked encouraging. looked looked like, looked like a continuation of um, the other night against Borough. And I felt also Watford were a bit standoffish. That first twenty minutes, and we had a lot of the ball, and we were moving the ball about quickly, and we looked we looked quite threatening. There were a few balls that Toby, at least a couple, maybe more. Um, where he'd ping it across and find Sonny on the, on the left, who seemed to always take the option of cutting inside. Um, we know he's he, he's perfectly adept at using both his left and right foot. Um, and uh, but we didn't really carve anything in those first any opportunities in those first twenty minutes. I don't, I don't recall. I think we had a, maybe a Lamella might have and Son might have had a sort of very tame effort on goal, but that was it. And then I think what Watford had the probably. The measure of us after that for for quite a long while. I would I would, I would agree. Um, what could have been quite resurgent recently, but we looked going forward toothless for me. I didn't think we had played very well at all after the, the the how we played against Liverpool, which gave everybody a bit of hope, and you know it wasn't the drubbing that everybody feared, mm. and the way we played against Middlesbrough, I think everybody expected a, a bit more of a um, a push up that hill to get us playing better. But after that bright start, like you said, uh, Watford took the game. And we were second best, a lot of it. A lot of it. Um, and, yeah, a clean sheet is nice, and we're a point closer to safety. Uh, I mean, getting getting to that 40 points is the, is the first thing we've got to look for, I think. Um, I, that, I think that's three league games now we've had without scoring. Um, defensively, we do look tighter. But, we, you know, it's... It's the going forward. It's it's lacking. And can I just say as well? I think it was um, pick the right words. Unfair to put Tanganga at left back in a position that he's not yeah. used to. I, honestly, I know he, he played okay in that position, but that where was Sessignon yesterday? Saar had the beating of Tanganga for mm. most of that game. If if that had been Bende, if if that had been Trippier on the other side, or if that had been anybody else, they would have been given pelters. But because it was Tanganga, yeah. I think there was a lot of uh, leeway there. But I think that was so unfair to stick him out there. Yeah. I think he left him out there to dry, and I don't. I honestly don't think that was fair of Mourinho to do that. I really yeah. don't. Yeah, I think I agree in that. I I don't think Tanganga had a bad game. I don't think he had his best game in in in, in his very short Spurs career for us either. But that's not his fault. He's, he's a young man and. And uh, no, he, 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 no abs- abs- absolutely, and, and he, can, he can only do what he's what he's being asked, and and he did. 
if you go back to the Liverpool game, he did spend a bit of time at left back when Rose came off. Or no, was it? Did he go to left back or was it Aurea that went to left back? It might have been no. He uh, he might have gone to right and then Aurea went to left. Anyway, yeah, I mean he he's it, he's a decent defender and he strikes me that he, he can play at fullback as well. Or, or sorry, can do a job at fullback as well as centre back. He's that sort of player, but that's not that's a bit unfair on him. And like you say, you've got the option of Session on the bench. Um, sure, sure. Sense for me. Surely, even I mean, I'm not. I wouldn't necessarily advocate it, but it's another possibility. But Danny Rose was obviously played middle of the week. As far as I know, he's not carrying an injury. Um, that would have been another option. It is a bit unfair on 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 Taganga to play um, to play out of position and and against um, a good uh, uh, opponent. I, I I sort of when I looked at the lineup initially, I thought, well, is he going to play at left back or will he? be playing at centre back and Jan and Jan yeah, yeah, Verts will switch to the left um, as it was um Takanga played there. Um so yeah, thought, I, I, sorry. Odd. Odd. Yeah. So thoughts on yesterday. Um I mean I'm, I agree that all your points you made about the Tanganga situation. I think I think Ro it's being it's sort of clear enough now that they're sort of phasing Rose out with a with a look to probably trying to move him on as ASAP really. Uh, which is why he's probably not getting a look in in any of the match day squads, you know, in the Premier League at, at the moment. Um, I think the the yellow card obviously hindered his performance. As soon as he got that yellow, he was on the back foot from then. I think other, you know, prior to that, he was he was sort of giving Sar sort of questions to answer. But um, once, once he picked up that yellow card, he was he was always constantly having to be sort of second best in that situation and. Um, I agree with I agree with John that obviously you know that I think Mourinho's responsibility was then to sort of give him a, a helping hand because you know Son wasn't in any way sort of tracking back to help him he needed he needed somebody else on the cover just to, so he wasn't so exposed all the time but um, that that obviously didn't happen um, a disappointing result really in terms of um, how close we were to winning it in the end millimetres away to winning it but then equally you know it's one of those games where we could have easily lost it or you know in in the grand scheme of things the draw is probably the fairest result whether it's the one we wanted is is, is another thing entirely but you know um, conceding the silly penalty um, especially someone like Jan Vertonghen who's so seasoned in defending to have his arms so far up in the air sliding in and, and, and I know it's a big debate about you know his arms in an unnatural position mm. or, or what and and he hasn't got control of that situation but it's just when it rains it pours for us and you know we managed to sort of salvage a way of, of getting back into the game with Gaznega saving the, the penalty that that Dini took and then it's just sod's law isn't it that we were sort of outdone by three points by a couple of millimeters it's just it's a hard one to take really I think had we had we snatched three points, it would have been an absolute robbery. Don't get me wrong, but um, just the wind could have blown that over the line, <laughs> and it's just always yeah. the way, isn't it? It's just when your luck's out, it's really out, and, yeah. and ours is really out at the moment. Yeah, we had a comment from Kent Goodrich who just says, "When your luck is out, it's really out." Reference to the ball being. Almost crossing the line, but not quite. Um, was there any? I'm struggling to f- thinking about this yesterday. Was there, was there any player in our team that, that caught your eye and well, he, he had a good game? He was our best player because I, I 
uh, no. beyond the fact that Gazaniga saved the penalty, I'm, I'm struggling to think of a player that covered themselves in glory yesterday. No, I thought uh, Vertonghen and, and um, Toby looked um, pretty solid at the back. But yeah, Gazaniga's save. He didn't have a lot to do really apart from that. Um, but no, no one. I mm. think it was a six out of ten performance across the board. Um, to, to be fair, I don't think we're that far away from being a better side. I think what we need is that defensive screen um, uh, to be a little bit stronger. And I'll be, I think we will be a bit better. But the, the ease that, with which teams seem to be going through us and controlling the play is quite worrying. Yeah. Especially for a Marine, for what you consider is a, a Mourinho. I mean, I don't know what a Mourinho side is because, you know, the only times I watched them was when they played Tottenham. But yeah, I think more of a defensive screen in there, somebody to break up the play and move that ball forward and we'll be fine. Mm. Can, um, can I open but, that discussion up a little bit further? Just, just, just not only just about the game, but around this sort of time in the season is when we're sort of starting to throw names into the hat about player of the season and, and people that are that are looking likely to sort of get that <laughs> moment. To me, and I don't know about you guys, there's not one single name I could put in the hat right at this minute of a standout person to win player of the season for us. I, I, and I can't think of a, a season where I, where I felt like that for a long time. Yeah. Um, if you had asked me around about the time we played uh, Red Star Belgrade, this is what, October? Pochettino is still manager, so I don't know, uh, two, two, two months, two and a bit months into the season. If you'd asked me then, and this might be quite controversial, I would have said Eric Lamella. Really? Um, at, that, at that point, I thought he was he was good. And obviously he's been injured since, so that takes a bit of a chunk of the season out. And since he's come back, he probably hasn't done enough to warrant that. So, no, there isn't. I don't see an outstanding... I can't. I'm struggling to think. I can't even... There hasn't even been, I don't know... Uh, uh, like, in years gone by when we had really poor teams um, and poor players we might still have somebody in there. There might be one shining light. It might even be somebody who wasn't spectacular, but was just very workmanlike. And that player would be our player of the season. Uh, it might even be, in, in a, few, a few years ago, a few years back, I remember in Poch's first season, I think Hugo Lloris was, was the um, player of the season that, that season, um, possibly. Or, or, or maybe I'm thinking of the, the season before that when we had AVB and Sherwood in charge. Um I can't think of anyone. I'm struggling, John. No, there's there's nobody who's shining, is there? And I think that's uh, endemic of the side. Really, it, it just says a lot, a lot about them. That there's nobody whose head is above the parapet. Son, mm. not really. No, uh, Mora, no, Lamella. You, you, yeah, I can see he's doing stuff. La Celso, no. Um, Oriad, no. I mean, Kane, maybe, just just by virtue of the fact that he scored a a handful of goals for us this season. But you could say Gazzini, because he's made a handful of good saves. Yeah. (laughs) You know, um, Toby, Toby, perhaps? Perhaps. Scraping the bottom of the barrel here, really. Yeah, no, there's there's absolutely no one that's um, winks. No, no. At at the moment, um, Tanganga. After four games, it's four Tanganga. games, four games is Tanganga. Uh, um, yeah, but yeah, there's, there's. Um, I mean, yesterday, they, you know, man of the match, it was Saar, and he went off injured. 
Mm. You know, it, 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 that says a lot about the performance of both teams yesterday. Both teams. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, what, what a position to be in. The um, the penalty that we conceded, um, we had a question around that from Darren Pamenter, Twitter analyst at DASP1919. He just says, can you explain the handball rules, please? I'd like to... Well, so, with the ball that didn't go across the line, everybody take... take it, it is... Everybody, right, they trust that fact that that ball did not go all the way across that mm. line. That's, that's a, you know, a given. Yeah? There's no problem with that kind of that video technology yeah. there. But when you get into VAR and the handball rules, it's so um, undefined and and open, still open to opinion from people. I mean, to say Jan's hand was a, um, in an unnatural position, he was falling. He didn't put his hand to the ball. He was falling. And you put your hand up there as you would do, and the ball hit it. I don't think it was handball. But wasn't that yeah, correct? Correct me if I'm wrong. Sorry. At the other end, exactly the same. The guy's hand was down by his side and it hit him. I think that was a handball. If if Jan's was, that was. But correct me if I'm wrong, and and I'm no fan of VAR, but wasn't that decision given there and then before before VAR got its its say? Um, I think that I'm not a fan of... um, Jan is falling, so where is he supposed to put his hand? That that's my argument. You know, it, it, it's it's yeah, it's, yeah. It's, 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 it's ball to hand. So I, I I don't think it's justified, but I but I think the the surely the the rules of the game state that that is a handball. In which case, we can't really argue. It, it it's a uh, it's it, it's. It, I'm struggling to find the words to, to not swear. It, it, it's shit. It was wrong. And mm. I don't think it was a penalty. But Gazaniga made up for it by by, by a tremendous save. He um, did. Uh, he really did. But uh, yeah, I don't. I, I don't. I don't think. It, he, he, right. So going back to the VAR and stuff. Why didn't the guy go and review Tanganga the foul on Tanganga? Because he should have been off the pitch. Mm. That that that's a borderline red card foul for me. He made contact. His foot was high. And it was after the ball had gone. So for me, that's at least the. Did, did he, he didn't even get a yellow card for it. Well, who, that's, that's disgusting. Who's really in charge of the game? Is it the referee, or is it, a, or is it some people, or a person sitting in Stockley Park? True. Um, the, the, I think this is one of the problems: is that linesmen are not flagging offside because they'll know that if a goal scored, it will be reviewed on VAR. So somebody else will take that decision away for them. Mm-hmm. So unless it's blatant, they don't give it. Um, referees won't blow a whistle for something unless it's blatant because they know VAR will review it. And as soon as that finger goes to an ear, they know that something else is going to happen. Um, and the other thing that went completely tits up there is the time of the, um, that was added on at the end of the second half. Three and a half minutes for changing the battery on his shirt and there was only two minutes played. That was which outrageous. Is, which That's is outrageous. ridiculous. Which is ridiculous. The whole, the whole, the whole thing was a farce yesterday. It really was. Um, the penalty save you mentioned, Deeney. Um, uh, uh, sorry, Gazaniga um, from Deeney. Um, Deeney, once again, 
Um, uh, bit of an irritating little shit. Um, sorry, thoughts on Dini? <laughs> I mean, what 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 is there to say about Dini that, that the people in the media haven't already said about him? I mean, what what drew my eye to him yesterday was the comparison with with Moore up front with for us, and you know, Dini puts himself about a bit. He he, he gets in there, he uses his body, he uses his strength, and and Mora, he's brilliant with his head. He can you know head the ball on, like for a guy that's so small, he he's fantastic with his head, but just. In terms of the defence and, and the threat of the defence, Mora just looks so nothing in comparison. Dini looked imposing. He looked powerful. And then I think that's where the, you know the toothless comment came in with with, with 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 one of you guys. You know we did look toothless up front in comparison to them because there was there was always that constant threat with that with Dini in the box. And although his penalty was poor. In terms of how he struck it, and you know, Gazaniga sort of read it very, very well. It was a great, great stop from from Gazaniga. Um, we were very lucky that he didn't score against us. He had a few opportunities too, and 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 he sort of uh, wasted a couple. Uh, I think he had a he had a sort of a header on target that Gazaniga was sort of scrambling for to his post, and he just didn't get enough power on it. But um, just. In comparison to what we had up front, chalk and cheese, really. Mm. He gave he gave our defence the problem to to try and sort out, and, and we didn't pose any sort of threat to, to their defence. And that's that's the story of the game, unfortunately. Till what the the last couple of kicks when it could have dribbled over the line, but if, if it was very hard done by, very hard if, done by. If we'd have had Kane up front, we'd have probably won that because that was some of those chances were big enough for somebody in the middle to yeah. pick up on them. If we'd had somebody up like Dini up front, we would have probably won that as well. Hundred um, percent. We're we're missing that missing that target man. Your family are Watford fans, aren't they? My family. Right? Yeah. We're well, they, we're we're from Watford. From, from yeah, Watford, that's but, my that's my hometown. Right, but okay. my my family are <laughs> Gooners, uh, right, okay. Chelsea, but. You know, Watford's okay. my hometown, but uh, that's just... right. Sorry, I, I got it. I thought I thought it, they were Watford fans. I was going to ask you what they thought of it, but if they're gooners, fuck them. <laughs> um. um, one thing about Dini is he. Uh, I know that he he likes to be that imposing presence up up front, but he also goes down like a sack of potatoes quite often. I've got to say, most players will if they if they feel that contact, they will do. Aincraft. Gamecraft. Yeah. They're in all positions to take it to us, so they have to do. They have to win the free kicks outside the area, and at that point, Saab was giving Tanganga all sorts of problems. So, Dini was winning the the free kicks sort of in their in their third, and then allowing that ball out to Saar to be constantly on all the time, and that's what was causing our defence all sorts of problems. It's 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 very it's very clever for a big fella to to go down like that. It's I mean it. Nine times out of ten, you could sort of argue it the other way that he was fouling our players, you know, by using his body. And but he's a he's a shit house. That's 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 exactly how he plays. Yeah. He's just he's just one of those players that will will, will shit out his shit house his way to a win or a draw uh, or any sort of result for them. Not on the running order, but just just very briefly. I mean, you mentioned both. You mentioned that the fact that we didn't have Kane and if we had a striker that's a game that we would have likely won now I 
I think the fact that we haven't addressed the striker position going back several seasons, all the way back to the summer of 2015 when um, Kane was the only striker that we had at the time, and we went in, we signed that window, we signed in G and Son, neither of whom are they're attacking players, but they're not, you know, centre forwards, striker, whatever you want to call it, target man, number nine. Um, ever since then, we haven't really addre- uh, um, addressed that position. Um, yes, we had Janssen, didn't work out. We had Lorente, sort of worked out to some degree last season. Um, he had his moments, um, but we've never really done that. And this season, both those players were, were moved on, which is absolutely fine. I completely get that. But we didn't get a striker in in the summer. Um, maybe there was a hope that Parrot would be ready. Um, it doesn't seem that he's or put, well. Mourinho doesn't think that he's ready, and I think that's a real failure of the club at the highest level not to get a striker in in that time. But I would say that we've also at other points in time when when Kane's been injured, other players have stepped up, whether that's Delhi or Son. We haven't played with necessarily with a. Um, with a central striker of, or a focal point as such, but we still managed to beat teams. Um, and we've surely, surely, twelve months ago, if we, or eighteen months ago, if we were in, found ourselves in a situation where Kane wasn't um, available, we we would have been a t- team like Watford. Normally, Son steps up and fills that gap, but he hasn't. Um, he, and for whatever reason, he's looking low on confidence and, mm. and, and low on the ability to score, um, which is a pity. But, uh, you know, I think it's been said on this pod several times, it's the lack of investment that uh, over um, those two windows that's now coming back to bite yeah. us in the arse. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we, we went from a, um, an embarrassment of riches of strikers um, and uh, Pavlichenko, Defoe. We had always had multiple strikers at the club. You know, Keane and Berbatov. And at the moment, we haven't got any that I could name apart from Parrott and Kane. Kane's injured. Parrott, they're unwilling to play him. Mm. So, uh, I I don't think you could name another side in the Premier League or across Europe that doesn't have a recognised striker in its first um, team squad. That is an absolute shit show. It's it's an embarrassment. And it will cost us. Mm. It will definitely cost us. They need to address that. They de- they really do. And whether it's this um, Polish fella, whether or not it's the other one from another one from Portugal, you, you, uh, whatever happens, you know it's going to be another Raziak, Soldado, Janssen affair. Um, I, the the rate that we go through strikers and ruin their careers is quite quite something to behold. To be honest with you. There's a there's a player I don't know if either of you've heard of him, um, but he, he he's he's a striker. He plays north north of the border um, for um, Glasgow Rangers. Um, a young lad, youngish, um, called Jermaine Defoe. <laughs> I've heard of him. I, I've, I've heard he's quite. i quite something. Mm. <laughs> if mean, you could we... bring Lorente in, you know, why not? If that if that's if that's the, the route that they're looking to go down in terms of bringing back aging players. Then, you know, well, the, I think the question is, why did we ever bloody get rid of him? Why didn't we give him another twelve-month contract? It yeah. seems ridiculous that they got rid of him and and then just left Kane on his own. I mean, this is one of the reasons why Kane's injured because they flogged him half to death because mm-hmm. he's the only one playing that position. Yeah, it's true. 
Well, may, maybe the club felt at the time that, that Parrot would be ready, but um, things have changed. Different manager, different ideas. Um, I, I, to be honest, I, I don't know. If, I don't know if, if Poch was still at the club if he would have given well, any more willing than than Mourinho to give Parrot a chance. Um, can you when when um, Mourinho's been at Manchester United, uh, Chelsea? I can't recall him blooding any youngsters or playing anybody who have come through the academy. It was always, always signings, always big name signings or, or players coming in. I can't remember. I, I, genuinely, so it doesn't surprise me that he's not giving Parrot a go. It really doesn't surprise well, by me. By the same token, he's, he's willing to give to, to Ganga a, a go. Centre back. Well, or, there or you back. go. Uh, you've just completely ruined what I've just <laughs> said. <laughs> no, 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 it's a valid point. It's a valid point and, 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 um, look, by all accounts, Parrot looks to be a good, good, good prospect. Um, Mourinho doesn't think he's ready yet, which is absolutely fine. Um, I think he, I think he came on one of the games. I think it might have been the Burnley game, possibly. He came off the bench and had a few minutes. Um, I was hoping to see a little bit more of him, maybe you know, in the odd cameo, in the Christmas period. We didn't, and I think he played one game under Poch when we played Colchester and that's it and I, and and it's it's quite possible that if Poch had still been manager of Spurs or if somebody else had happened to be manager of Spurs they would have taken exactly the same a, a, approach and yeah. not rush blooded him in straight away absolutely fine but then you've got to bring somebody you either don't sell Lorente or you bring somebody else in even if it's for the, for the short, short term and that's why in jest I said Defoe who's you know he's 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 not young. He's young relative to, to me and you, John. But he's not, he's not young. Um, um, I was yeah. I, I said it said that in jest. But somebody in the short term, yeah. Whether that's Lorente or um, somebody like Giroud, for example. Um, I wouldn't want him at Spurs for for obvious reasons. But somebody that could plug a hole for a few months other clubs do it didn't Chelsea was it last season they got um, who's the Argentinian lad uh, Higuain for for a few months Um, they've done that in the past they've they've got loan signings I remember years ago this is 20 years ago possibly they got George Ware um, on loan um, right at the very end of his his career was coming to an end Um, so maybe that's that's the solution and maybe one of the differences between perhaps Mourinho and Pochettino is Mourinho might be more inclined to go for those older players, those quick fixes, and, and maybe we might get somebody in, in this window. We shall see. I'd take Danny Ings, I'll tell you that much. Can I throw a name in the hat as well? Mm-hmm. Uh, hear me out on this one. Diego Costa. He's mm. out of favour at Atletico Madrid. Worked with Mourinho before. Done it in the Premier League. You know, we could potentially get him in on loan. What, what do you, what would you guys think of of Costa? I mean, I hate, I hated him at Chelsea. He's not by any, any stretch of the imagination any first choice uh, striker option. But I think for what we need, do you think it's a realistic? Whether 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 we can pay his wages or not, I don't know. But yes, yes, to answer your question, absolutely yes. He's a horrible bastard. Um, I remember watching him five years ago, the, uh, the, the, the 5-3 game um, uh, on New Year's Day. 
And this was just at a point where Kane was starting to score goals for us, but we didn't have... It was probably a point where it was very early to sort of talk of Kane as an established top striker. He was right at the sort of the beginning of his um, rise to power, if you like. I was looking at Costa and his movement up front. It was it was really good off the ball, the way he was running, um, and he is he's a nasty player, but he will get goals. He will wind opposition defenses up. He will stretch defenses, and he will fundamentally get what I think the most important thing for a striker is and that that's to get the ball in the back of the net and he's got experience of, of doing that so yeah that's a really good shout yeah yeah I think you're both right um I hate him and he is a, a horrible bastard but again I'd take him up front at the moment I really would because he'd do a job for us he'd hold that ball up and he'd he'd, he'd sort the play out and he'd be a, he'd be a target man which is what we need so yeah I'd take him He's only thirty-one as well, so he's not. You know, you could you could get him on. How, how old is Lorente? Older than that. Thirty-three, thirty-four. Yeah. is the nice loan signing. Um, Costa is the horrible loan signing, if you like. You know what I mean? There's there's um, the devil on the soldier and the angel on the other. Lorente is the angel and Costa's the devil. It's yeah. which way do they want to mm. go? I think most fans would be happy to see Lorente come back. We should have never got rid of him. But if, mm. if Costa comes in, there'll be a lot of people having to uh, bite their lip and um, and and swallow some something just to, just to appreciate him. He's in our share, I think. He did have an injury, um, a hip injury, um, and he's he's only just returned to training. So perhaps maybe that's not likely to happen. Just just reading that up now. Be injured. Hmm. Was he injured, did you say? Yeah, uh, uh, recovery, recovered from an operation on his hip, 21st of November last year. Not expected to be back for another three weeks training on his own. So, well, that's, yeah, okay. Well, that's the last thing we need is an injury-prone injury player coming in. That's yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, I, no, but, but I, I get the, you know, that, that would be exactly the sort of signing. Somebody like him, somebody like Higuain, Lorente, yep. He's, anything with Lorente, he's, he's not the most mobile player. Um, Lorente might actually benefit playing under under Mourinho more so than, than the sort of style that we had under Pochettino. But we, we need somebody. Um just very briefly before I move it on, um, a question from David Fornell who just says, we're disappointed with with only one point. We need all three. But are we judging Spurs more harshly because we are way off top four? Because, he goes on to say, because Watford are a decent side and a draw is not a terrible result. Is that a fair comment? I, I, I don't think we ever judge Spurs harshly if they're playing well or, or if they're being poor. I think we just call it as, as what we see there's no way that you could put a rose-tinted gloss on yesterday so we're just calling it as it is mm. you know so, uh, there were the, you know we've, we've said there was no good performances across the park it was all a 6 out of 10 so what's the point in saying yeah yeah it was a good performance and you know we should have probably got more out of it and we had lots of shots no I thought we were pretty terrible across the across the whole 90 minutes if I'm honest all the shots we had were completely wayward snatched at and, and and speculative. There was, you know, apart from the one that got that was millimeters across the line, there was nothing really that was going in, unfortunately. Yeah. 
Unfortunately, we have to sort of look at it at the moment with how we've been playing and, and, and the results that have gone against us and, and gone for us in, in that it's a point away on the road and that's it, regardless of whoever the opposition was and however much of a resurgence they, they've, they've had. You know, we've gone from not being able to keep a clean sheet to now accepting that a point away on the road at Watford is is progress. And, and unfortunately, that's... That is based on the on the position that we find ourselves in. I mean, we've been been consistently a Champions League team for the last few seasons, and you know, fans have the right to expect a certain level of performance with the players that we've had over the years. But I think it's like the point I was making earlier. It's that it's that mediocrity throughout the side, not being able to pick a, a star player, not being able to pick out a star performance. You know, I, I think that is that is a huge huge issue. For for a club, and I think Marino's getting the uh, getting the, the sort of a taste of that now, where he probably thought the squad was a lot better than what he believed it was, and he's gotten in house now and, and realised we aren't um, we aren't quite to the to the level that he th- expected we would be, and I think fans that are, are probably thinking along those lines now, and again, a lot of that falls down to recruitment mm-hmm. problems and recruitment issues, and there's that whole media line of. We can't bring in a quality player but to replace Harry Kane or to play with Harry Kane because they'll just sit on the bench. What a load of rubbish. What a load of rubbish. You know, you have to bring in quality players to give players like Kane competition to play even better than he does already. And the fact that we now are without a striker is only going to be detrimental for us as a club. And if if Levy and, and the powers that be can't see that, then we're in... We're in serious trouble for the rest of this season. Mark my words. Yeah, we're, we're, at, the, at the moment we're we're headed for mid-table, nothing more. If we finish yeah. above, if we finish above seventh or eighth, I'll be very, very surprised at the moment the way we're playing. I know we're not far off the top four spots, and I know some of those people above us have got uh, um, some hard games to come. Come, but we're not in any kind of form to to, to suggest to me that we're going to do any better than seventh or eighth at the moment. We're no better than that. We're really not. We're a bang average side with some bang average players, unfortunately. Watford camp. Watford at the moment are in a good, good um, uh, run of form, and they can be formidable opponents. And to some degree, they showed that yesterday. But um, we've we've been poor. We've we've been poor, and as, as good as they might be, or whatever, um, you're you you you're looking to go to places like that if you. You want to push on for European football or possibly Champions League football, then then you need to go to a place like Watford and, and try to win and get the get the three points. And and it's a place that in years gone by we we wouldn't have even entertained anything else. We we would have, we would have gone there expecting to win and win convincingly. Um, and at the moment we're not and we're poor and it, that's. There were very few good signs yesterday, and ultimately we weren't um, clinical. And, and the, the the two glare out opportunities we had, which might have gone in on on another day, was the Delhi Ali header, the sun cross, um, and that wasn't on target. That was disappointing that it wasn't on target. And then the, the chance that Son had as well, I think, in the second half, where he sort of snatched at it and it went went over. Again, Son nine times out of ten would normally smash that in the back back of the net, but. He didn't, and and that is that's frustrating. Um, briefly, Norwich we're playing them in the middle, middle of the week, um, bottom of the table. We're at home. Bottom of the table and fully capable of beating us. Mm. 
that is actually the, that is actually the worry at the moment, isn't it? Really, that yep. is that is that is uh, Tottenham of pre-Poch. This is Tottenham of ABB sort of side. You know, that, that, this is what it feels like. It feels like we've gone we've gone back five years. We've, like we haven't had this resurgence under, under Poch. It now feels like, and these are the players that we that we were you know two or three years ago. I mean, last year we watched them in a Champions League final. It just you can't comprehend it. It's just ridiculous. It's, uh, it's actually ridiculous. Yeah, but the, like the Champions League final aside, our uh, and the, our run in the Champions League. That aside, we we have been poor since Burnley away last last February. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, really we, we we have been absolutely dire. I remember we that game. After that game, we just went on a, a run and just couldn't buy a win. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's uh, it, it stems from that, and I, I think if if you have to put your finger on it, it's when it's um, not replacing Dembele. I'm yeah. going to keep coming back to that. That not to do that was absolute criminal. Um, and uh, yeah, um, yeah, not replacing Dembele and those two windows last yeah. season when yeah, we didn't two, didn't sign anybody, yeah. and, it, and it almost felt like. Even just before that Burnley game last Feb, when we when we were winning games and we we got as high as third, and, and there was talk of a free horse race, we um, it it was like we there was fuel in the car, but it was right at the end, and we were just about moving the car forward with a very little bit of fuel that that that, that was left, and then afterwards it that was it. Every every last drop was was drained and. Um, we didn't do particularly well in the league last season, and the Champions League um, or, 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 the, the run masks um, how poor we actually did. We're, we're doing um, uh, second second half of last season. Right, um, the second half of the podcast, and we'll take more of your questions, but before we do, Spurs ladies have been in action earlier today against Manchester United. Um, and here is Bex with this week's Tottenham Women's Update. Hey, it's Bex. So a bad day today for Spurs ladies. They lost 3-0 to Manchester United away from home. It's the first time they've failed to score since the start of the season away from home. We were doing okay right up until, um, yeah, that second half was brutal by all accounts. We had a penalty saved as well just after half time, which might have made things a little bit different. But hey, ho, there it is. That result leaves us seventh in the league table. And as I said last week, there's still teams around us with the game in hand, although I'm hoping that, obviously I'm hoping that they will slip up. The women next play Sunday the 26th. That's a one o'clock kickoff at the Hive. That's in the FA Cup and they're playing Barnsley women. Should be quite a good game. As ever, if you can get there, go see it or at least follow the team on social media. They're definitely worth watching. That's it for me. Anything else? I'm on Twitter at Bunchesbex. Cheers, thanks. Bye-bye. Welcome back to the second half of the Tottenham Family Podcast. Right, uh, let's just get through. We've got about half a dozen questions to get to get through. Um, first one from Mr. Gaz. Uh, his, sorry, his Twitter handle is at Mr. Gaz underscore ICT. Um, and he asks, are Spurs any better for having replaced Poch? I'm going to come to you first, Zoe, simply because... Um, this is the first time that you've been on the podcast since we sacked Pochettino and, and bought Jose in. So, are we any better having having re- replaced him? Uh, 
I'm going to reference back to a conversation we had off off uh, <laughs> off off the, the pod, and I and I sort of said to you, you know, can I can I slag Jose as much as as much as I want to, and 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 the truth of the matter is is this, I will never be a Jose Mourinho fan. Not I will never love him like I loved Pochettino as my and as my manager of the club that I love. But I have to back him because I support Tottenham and I want Tottenham to do well. So my hands are sort of tied. Are we better in terms of results? No. <laughs> you look at you look at. Um... Hello. But also, I'm not willing to throw Jose under the bus so early. He hasn't had a, a transfer window to to bring anybody in yet. Um, I look at a few things that the club that are going wrong as things that are higher than. Pochettino and Jose, I I look at very much as a as a as a board um, based situation. I think that recruitment has been a massive issue, um, and I think it's no secret to know that Daniel Levy is is a huge player in that in that game of bringing in players. Um, it's 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 hard. I never wanted Pochettino sacked in the first place, mm. I, and and I do, do I really believe that. He would he would make a massive difference if he was still in charge at the club at the moment, possibly. But 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 I don't necessarily think that Pochettino was the was the problem. I I, mm. I think the problem was with the was the squad and 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 the the bringing in players that were either not good enough or not challenging enough for, for the senior players to to sort of motivate themselves to to perform better. I think it's not moving players on when contracts have been running down. I think it's, um, you know, I, I think that is that is where the issue is laid. I think that John hit it on the head. You know, going going back as far as being not being able to replace Musa Dembele. I mean, Pochettino couldn't advocate for that, and 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 I don't think Jose can either. As much as I don't believe that, I would prefer to have. Pochettino as my manager at the moment than Jose Mourinho, I can't, I can't blame Jose for for things that have for problems that have happened before his arrival. Yeah. Do, do you know what I mean by that? Um, so I feel uncomfortable sort of pinning all the, the the blame on him, saying, "Well, he's not getting us playing a certain way." At, at this point of the season, all I want to see is progression from, like you say, the end of last end of last year sort of 18 months and and we haven't really seen that but we're not in a position to say that if Pochettino was still here that he, we would be doing any better because I, I don't I don't necessarily necessarily believe we would be it's and a that's fair, the unfortunate it's fair to say and I'm maybe I'm putting words in your mouth here um, but Pochettino was never the problem but Jose's not the solution either because there wasn't he wasn't Poch wasn't the problem in the first place I, I really I believe that I really do I, I I believe that whoever came in after Pochettino was going to have a mountain to climb because mm. not only did he have to re- rejuvenate the squad not only did he have to bring in players to replace players that were going out because like Pochettino said he warned us before he even left that there was going to be a painful rebuild and at that stage we didn't know that it wouldn't be under him but it, it is under Jose now and this is the painful part and we're going to have to endure it um, it's now down to powers that be to try and rectify it. 
to people like your Lewis's and your Levy's to put their money where their mouth is. They've given us the brand spanking new lovely stadium, but they've given us mediocrity, mediocrity to go in it at the moment. Mm. And, and that's unacceptable. And if they want a return on their investment, then they have to put their money where their mouth is and, and bring in quality into that squad because we're going to end up with either the Europa League football or no European football in a, in, in a 60 2000 seat stadium and and that is that is unacceptable for the for the level that we're supposed to be at yeah i, I don't mean to sound sport in that and I, and I really and i really i really am not that's not where i'm going with this but for it, for them to put their eggs in that basket and build the stadium they have to consistently deliver it has to be it has to be consistent now and 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 if if they don't then huge questions have to be asked of them John, thoughts on um, whether we whether we were any better having replaced Poch? Um, we're no better off. We're in exactly the same run of form, and our position shows that. And what in what, that, what, what in that, me, go on, go on. I was just to say, sorry. In that case, if that's the case, and I and I'm I I agree with you. If that is the case, then doesn't that make a mockery of the decision to sack Pochettino in the first place? Yeah, it, it, no, it, I would agree. It does. Or at least it, brings it. At least it brings it into question. No, it does. If you're going, if he's going to now give money to Mourinho, well, he he hasn't given any money to Mourinho to spend. He's bought um, Fernandez in on loan. But if Mourinho, we said it last time, if Mourinho gets the money to spend on players, why didn't he give it to Pochettino to spend? Mm. There was obviously something irrevocably broken between the, the relationship that was meant to be so tight between them. Um, it, it, that's the painful thing. It's getting to be the same as the way I felt when George Graham was our manager. I, I honestly um, can't see any love for the man there for, coming from me, if I'm honest with you. Uh, and, and But do you know what? That, that's absolutely fine. And, and going back to what you said earlier, so we don't, ha- we don't, as fans, we don't have to have that degree of love that we have maybe had for Pochettino for for Jose that's absolutely fine um uh, that's that's okay and, and I'm I'm fine with that and I think in Jose's defense um he's a he's a top manager um uh, whether he's the right fit I don't know I don't I, I I have questions in the same way I don't think that Jose was perhaps the right fit for for, for United I, I I question whether he is the right fit for us in terms of, for example, the style of football that he plays, but he is here. He's 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 been appointed, and and I I want the club to do well, and I want that in order for the club to do well, that means he needs to do well, and the players need to do well. But I do, I I, I just feel that we aren't at the moment no different or no better than when we the point at which we sat Pochettino. Um, just for some context, so we had twelve games. Um, in the league this season under Poch we gained 14 points from that we've had 11 games under Jose so that's almost as much we've gained 17 so that's okay three points better with a with one game in hand but that, that it's not that different the, the 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 two records and we've had the last five matches so that's out of a possible 15 points. Um, I tweeted about this and I said it was two. That was incorrect. It was actually five. So we've got five points from a possible 15 points in, in our last five games. That's not good form. And thrown with that sort of style of football that we're playing, that it does make you think that, well, why did we, 
you know, if we're not if we're not any better um, for replacing him, why did we replace him? It makes a mockery that the the decision to do that. I I think that uh, Levy was misplaced to replace him. Um, the only thing that I would say is that it is a results-based industry, and at that point in time, we were I think 14th in the table. Results weren't great. Um, although saying that, we're still languishing somewhere in mid-table at, at the moment. I don't know what exactly where. Maybe eight or ninth for the top of my head. Um, and at that point, there was a fear perhaps that we wouldn't qualify for Champions League. And 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 believe he looked at it and he thought he needed to react in some way. Jose was available, and and he got rid of arguably what was probably the best manager we've had since Birkenshaw, if not Bill Nicholson. That's that's a decision he took. Um, I'll tell you what, after yesterday's show, I'll take Nigel Pearson over Pochettino. (laughs) Pochettino or or Mourinho? Mourinho, rather, sorry, yeah, Mourinho. Uh, Honestly, Pearson's getting a tune out of Watford. Well, there are, there are lots of managers. I mean, uh, the, the the guy at Wolves, um, he's getting a good, yep. very good tune out, out of his players, and they're playing good stuff. And uh, it remains to be seen at the mo- um, whether Mourinho turns out to be the right choice for us. To, without sounding cliched, and I will, um, he needs one or two windows to get to get his players in to to, to change things around. Um, but at the moment, at this point in time, I can't see how replacing him. How we're any better off? Um, question from Dominic Sibley, Smith Analyst at Dom Sib. Simple question: Are you Levy in or out? Um, he just says it's time for, for a change of owner. Is it time for a change of ownership, or can a leopard change its spots? And with the extra income, can you see Levy not only investing but getting Jose's targets? Um, also using Jose's friendship with super agent George Mendes. Um, I'm just going to very briefly just. Um, say my thoughts on this um, I've been up until recently I've been a supporter of what Levy and Enoch have done for the club in terms of the stadium all the off generally all, all the off-field stuff so um, building a stadium I think that's, that, that's important the training ground I think making us financially stable when you consider where we have been in the past if you go back to the late 80s early 90s for example um even in terms of we we you know we complain as fans about investment in players, but even in terms of investment in playing staff, it's a lot more than some of the chairmen we've had in the past. Um, I think of Sugar, for example. Um, so they've done a lot of good things, um, and you know he he did employ a lot of managers. Um, I thought that he eventually got it right with Pochettino, and he stuck by him, and and we we uh, well, over five years we. Qualified for the Champions League on four four consecutive seasons, um, and and it felt like we were going places. Um, unfortunately, uh, for me, I think the sacking of Pochettino um, was unforgivable, and it's the greatest betrayal in football and and, and at Spurs, um, considering what Pochettino had done for us, um, where he'd taken us, um, and I think particularly as he built up a good relationship with with. Daniel Levy for Levy to do that to, to sack him for me was completely the wrong thing to do and to that end I would be quite happy if Enoch um, sold up to somebody else and uh, yeah I'm 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 I wasn't Levy Levy out but I certainly am now. 
I'm getting that way. It's nice to be financial, financially stable. It's nice to have a lovely training ground. It's nice to have a lovely stadium. Um, but I think his handling of certain aspects needs to be put into question. Not, not strengthening the squad or not making money available. Uh, so I, I'm, 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 I, I would like a change of ownership. I'd like somebody else to come in. But the the fact that somebody's going to have to pay a billion pound plus to get the club now, it, it means that that gives you a very small amount of people that can come in with that kind of money. Um, so it could be difficult. We could see Levy being there for years. But yeah, get rid of him. Let's have a change. Let's do something different. We've got, you know, some. we said when... Um, Mourinho came in Pochettino made us believe and, and Mourinho will push us on and make us win something if, you could almost say the same with Levy he's made us believe and gets to this point and it's time for him to cut loose take the money and go somewhere else Even I mean Joe Lewis Joe Lewis is a massive uh, he's a billionaire he's got loads of money why doesn't he just invest it you know he, I, I don't understand it I don't understand that he, he's reluctant to put any money into the club if I'm honest but yeah Levy uh, out I, sorry, so before I bring bring you into it, because I, I I really do feel strongly about this, and and like I said, I, and I felt I need to qualify my answer by 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 saying that I wasn't, you know, I was not one of these leave you out people, and and, and I've been very supportive of him up until now, but um, he, I think that he's taken us as far as he. Can you go back to 2018 and when we lost to United in the FA Cup semi-final? Even as far back as then, Pochettino basically indicated that in order to, you know, move us on to that next level, and 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 he'd taken the club, sort of. He'd basically achieved what 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 was asked of him, which was to get the club into the Champions League on a consistent basis with us moving into the new stadium but in order to start winning trophies and pushing on to that next level and competing with the likes of City, Liverpool we need to we needed to invest and he actually said uh, I said this before previously on the pod um, he said something along the lines of we need that investment and if not by me then by, by, by another but we need that and then again more recently he's talked about the painful rebuild and I don't know that Enoch are the and Levy are the people that can take us on to that next level. And I just find that what he did, sacking Pochettino was wrong, and I think it was just cow it was just cowardice and and I really hope that not only does he leave the club and sell up I hope that he, if he's got a conscience, and I'm sure, I'm sure it doesn't, because he doesn't strike me the sort of person that, that's got a heart. Um, he's a bit like the Tin Man in in The Wizard of Oz. Um, he, I hope that he regrets that decision to to to, to sack Pochettino, and I, and I hope it, I hope, I hope he suffers, and I hope, I hope that he that it eats away at him. But I, I suspect that he that it won't, because he he doesn't have the heart. Um, Heart clearly doesn't have brains either, um, and he's a bit of a coward. So really, he's he's all he's both the lion, the tin man, and the and, and the scarecrow all rolled into one. And the Wizard of Oz is, is is Joe Lewis behind a behind a screen. Nobody can see him, just pulling all the strings. Sorry, thoughts on Levy. <laughs> I'm not quite sure how to follow that Wizard of Oz reference. That was very good. Um, 
I think I've made my thoughts on on Levy. I, you know, I've I've sort of said what I wanted to say in that little rambling I had earlier. But I think I'll say this, and I and I agree with you with your with your sentiments, Jab. I think that with fans, particularly with Pochettino, that was the, some of the best football I've ever seen. I've had the pleasure to see at Tottenham, and the fact that Levy seemingly wholeheartedly however with much regret however he wanted to word it in his statement getting rid of Pochettino in the manner that he did I think that has already set people with facts who weren't necessarily, weren't necessarily in the Levy out camp like to the to the point where their you know banners or what, what have you are coming out about him people who weren't necessarily in that camp are now drifting more towards that feeling mm-hmm. because of the manner of how he treated Pochettino. Um, fans are loyal. That's <laughs> Through thick and thin, we're supposed to support this club. And, you know, we are automatically looking to back the man that, that gave us the, the, the brilliant memories. And fans don't necessarily tie that in with Levy and his investment and, and, and what he's done with the stadium and the training ground, the fans look at it as towards Pochettino and the football he played and the, and the wonderful memories he gave us. And, and Levy's treatment of him, I think, has rubbed a lot of people up the wrong way. And I think that's probably a position where he will never really recover from that. I think certain, certain managers have an intrinsic bond with the club and the fans for a long time. And, mm. and we have that with Pochettino. And I think... You know, Levy could come and go, and he wouldn't be remembered with any sort of fond memories, despite his, you know, his leaning towards making the club having a, a, a bigger stadium. But but what is the point of building the best stadium in London and and Europe? And, uh, sorry, Europe. Pardon me. Uh, best stadium in Europe, and 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 having nothing to show for it. What 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 would be, what would be the point? A lot of fans that I, that I would, would have rather have kept White Hart Lane just because of the memories that it, that, that it held there. And, I, you know, we're, we're a sentiment lot as fans, but it's, it's, it's all very hollow to me in terms of how the feeling is towards Levy. And I don't think that's likely to change anytime soon. I really don't. What I would say is, and and just to paraphrase something I said, I said earlier, and as much as I, I, I think the, the the sacking was for me unforgivable, it's not something I would have done. Um, the results at the time were not great, and with every passing result at the time, I always felt, you know, when once we know, we we we, for example, picked up a point at Everton or, or the final game we drew against Sheffield United, and before that we'd. Drawn against Watford at home, with every each of each of those passing results, Pochettino did make it more difficult for himself to to stay on. That that was the that's that's the other side of the coin. And also, fast forwarding to now, and at the moment, football fans are fickle, and um, you know suddenly we get a few results. If if suddenly we can see a little bit of light in the Jose tunnel and we start to see some level of direction because I don't, I don't feel that at the moment we, we, some direction as to where we're going and, and some some level of progress and and things start to change then um whilst we'll f- forever 
be indebted to Pochettino for what he did, it would at least make it a little bit easier to to move on and, and to accept the here and now. Because uh, at the moment, it's very, 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 very frustrating. Um, In reality, Levy's let 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 Pochettino when he hung him out to dry, really, mm. by not giving him the players to to do what he wanted to. He, he just let yep. he hung him out to dry. Um, so you, 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 Levy's reaping what he his rewards there in terms of Pochettino and and the performances and the results. It's not Pochettino's fault at all. But he's also he's also what he's done, but but by not backing him, I just fear that he's bequeathed that same sense of uh underinvestment and not backing a manager onto the next guy. And I think I think Jose will, will have those same set of problems. Yes, he might be. He, he might have the connections with with Mendes, and 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 he might dip in the transfer market and and get this odd odd loan signing here and there, or, or young player uh, at a less you know not a premium pay a premium price for and 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 move us on. But that still in itself, I think, won't be enough for us to to compete at the next level. We we're not the moment in the same forget about Man City and Chelsea because for example they, they've got lots of money and will PSG we should be we should be looking at Liverpool and a few years ago we were both ourselves and Liverpool were outside of the sort of top table of um, you know the likes of the cities and, and, the, and the Chelsea's and we were we were the team that kept constantly pipping Liverpool and finishing them above them in the league but now they've, they've, they've overtaken us Um and that's what we should be striving to do. And it, it, I just don't see that at the moment with, with Levy. And I think I think his days at the club are, are numbered. Um, okay, let's move it on. We've got about three or four more questions. Um, question from Gilly, Twitter handle is at I know Alan, Alan Gilfin. With Lloris reportedly close to return, would you bring him straight back, straight in, or are you happy with Gazaniga and bring Lloris back on the bench? Uh, he goes on to say, I wouldn't rush Lloris back. Uh, Zoe. This is this is the worst possible time to ask this question after Gazaniga's save against Watford. You know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. it's like any any other time you think, yeah, you know, you, Laurie's go straight back into that because he's our best he's our best goalkeeper. You, no no two ways about it. He goes straight back in. Obviously, I I understand the, the sentiment of not wanting to rush players back from injury, but um, I think I think a goalkeeper they sort of need to be sort of back within the sticks and, and sort of in in the firing line as it were just to, to build their form back up but um, I've been don't get me wrong I've been happy with Gazaniga's performances in general I think um, a lot of a, a lot of scrutiny could come upon any goalkeeper but um, I, I don't see that Gazaniga keeps his place when Lloris is fit I, I don't see I don't see Mourinho keen to keeping Lloris on the bench but just because Gazaniga's been consistently doing well he has to play his best team and Loris is the captain he's the best goalkeeper at the club so yeah he, for me he goes he goes back in into the into the sticks I'd stick with Gazaniga for now he's not been playing that bad um, he, after yesterday save definitely keep keep with him for now until Loris can um, prove that he's back on 100% um, I think we stick with Gaz. Okay. Uh, for me, I'd go with Lloris. If, if Lloris is back and fully fit, then I would I'd start him all day long. Um, I just had a thought, which is they don't 
do clubs play reserve teams anymore? You don't hear about it. Do we, for that matter? No, it's been rebranded the under-23s, under hasn't it? Okay, so for example, there isn't a, any sort of games where we could slowly integrate Larice back. No, I, I think he'd have to go with the under-23s or... or um... mm. It's just going to be training sessions for him, isn't it? It's going to be just consistent yeah. training sessions and assessing then and the training he's going to install. And I, I agree with Jab. I, I can't see him. I can't see him delaying putting Loris in. I really, especially with the Euros coming up as well. I, I, I really, um, I really think Loris is going to want to stake a claim back into that into that goal. He needs yeah. to really for France as well, yeah. as much as us. Yeah, of course, yeah. Um, right, question from uh, Liam, his press analyst, at FPL Beer Lover. Uh, why do you think Delhi is getting limited minutes? Mora should have, I presume this is reference to him coming off yesterday, um, Mora should have been taken off instead of him in the Watford game, in my opinion. I'd agree with that. I, I didn't think Mora had the best game yesterday, and I think Delhi needed to be left on. Um, I, I, I couldn't tell you. I don't know what's inside Mourinho's mind. Mourinho sees different things, and if there's no link-up play there, and he, you know, I, I think that's that's what called it. But yeah, I'd I'd have hoiked, um I'd have even hoiked, uh, Lamella played well yesterday, but I'd have hoiked him off before I hoiked Delhi off yesterday. Mm. Yeah, there was a, there was a the more of a, a goal threat from Delhi for sure, but yesterday over, over Mora and and, and Lamella and, and such. Um, what I did like about Delhi yesterday, and it's although I don't want to see Conf- conflicts within the squad. I I appreciated the fact that he was a bit he was cross coming off, being subbed off, and I know he, we always have the thing about him being acting petulantly. But do you know, for the first time, I actually saw him and I thought, do you know what? Fair play, because I would rather see somebody who was on the edge and pissed off of being subbed off, even though he didn't necessarily do anything within the game, but then to be, just be happy to accept mediocrity. Because I've said this word two or three times this podcast, because that's where I feel that we are at the moment, and I don't believe that that can be accepted. And Delhi's reaction to me shows that he's one of the few players that probably isn't accepting of his own performances and of and of Tottenham's at the moment. He needs minutes on the pitch because of his injuries, obviously. But um, until he finds his own personal form, it's like you say, who who is the player that's gonna that's gonna pull us out of this little slump? And you look to the players like Delhi to do that. And although yesterday wasn't his best personal game, nor was it anybody's, but he's certainly one of the players I've looked towards to sort of try and help us turn things around. He's 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 vital to how we play and we need to get him back to his best ASAP. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, I would have, I would have taken a more more yesterday, um, personally. But uh, Delhi, he had a, a little bit of a resurgence early on under under Mourinho, and I think also to be fair that that started actually towards the end of the Pochettino reign. Um, but he's gone a bit off the boil the last few games. But um, I think that. For players like Delhi and Son, this is with Kane being out off out injured. This is the perfect opportunity. It has been in the past for them to step up and score goals. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, Delhi had a really good chance yesterday um, with with his header, but it, it, it wasn't on target. Um, maybe an informed Delhi puts that in, in in the back back of the net, but 
Um, we shall see. I, I, yeah, no, I, 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 I'd, I'd have kept him on. Right, um, Darren Pamenter, another question from him. Um, Darren Pamenter, uh, if this is to be his last game, will Ericsson go down in history as a club legend or has his last six to 12 months tarnished his reputation too much? So I think legends are told that needs to be used in moderation and it's far too easy to label somebody as a legend. Names that spring to mind, uh, Ledley, Hoddle, Mabbott. They, mm-hmm. you know, I'd, I'd call, put that on the legend label to them. Um, I don't think I would quite put Christian Eriksen in the bracket of club legend. Agree, I mean, but I really don't. But if if I don't know what the what the next tier down is, but um, I, I would I wouldn't even put him as the level of a cult hero at the club. A cult hero is one that I always find a bit. Um, it's you, I I find that to be used more for shit players that do that do well. Stefan Frund. Yeah, yeah, that Sandro, sort of. Fan favorite Sandro. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, loyalty, service, how they speak about the club when they leave. Uh, you know, I think Genis is, is the way he speaks about us. Um, the fact he, the, you know, his reaction to the Champions League, us reaching the final and stuff. He, he's a, he, he, he could be. I know he didn't win anything with the club. You could say if you got to win something with the club to be a legend. Um, you know, I, I think the two guys that were on the on the um, touchline for Middlesbrough the other night, uh, Woodgate and Key. There's mm. an argument you could say that maybe you know Woodgate scoring the last one to score a winning goal for us in a competition uh, to win a, a trophy. Uh, Keane, if he hadn't have gone to Liverpool and said that it was his boyhood club, he could have probably been a legend. You know, it, it, it's how you define that 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 for you. And for me, I don't think Ericsson is in that bracket. I really don't. I, I, do you know? It, to me, there's always that 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 argument about Ericsson and Van der Vaart, and uh, you know, Van der Vaart was for two years. But he, the impact he made. He, he, again, would you say he was a great player, or would you say Van der Vaart was a cult hero? Because he, he's Ericsson's been here what seven years, <coughs> and and they've they've achieved about sort of the same in terms of actually, you know. Um, how the fans look at them it's always an either or but even though the greatest modern team is either Ericsson or Van der Vaart and you sort of think that's not really <laughs> for someone who's been here for seven years for us to, to be for us to be debating him or Van der Vaart in, in the team is, is again is where he lies I agree he's not I wouldn't call him a legend I wouldn't call him a Tottenham legend by any stretch of the imagination he's, he's been a good servant he's been a he's been a good player great player on his day um but unfortunately, the last eighteen months has sort of soured the opinion of, of him, and, and and I'm sad because um, <coughs> he's he spelled us out a lot of times. He's he's given us some wonderful memories and wonderful moments of popping up with goals to sort of clinch three points here and here, there, and everywhere. And uh, his his goal against uh, Real Madrid was was one that will, will live with me forever. But um, unfortunately, I think he's. He's muddied his reputation slightly with the fans, um, with, his, with his with his off-field for uh, on-field form and, and obviously off-field situation with his contract. And I think that could have all been tidied up time ago, really. And it would have been pains for both sides to have just said thank you and moved on. And we probably would look at him in a in a in a much better light than we than some people now do. I mean, I I struggled to sort of slag him off in that in that regard. 
because of the things he's done and that how long he's been at the club. But certainly the, the Ericsson that I've seen the last 18 months is not the Ericsson that I've seen in the first six years of him being here. The, and that's not the Ericsson that you want to remember, arguably. No. Um, particularly if the, the the first whatever it was six years um, that, that, that that's that's a long period of time and and that's that's the that should be that should be enduring memory. Um, I think that yes, his form has dipped this season. That happens. Trippiest form dipped last season, and and and, it, and he left us on the back of that. But I I I wouldn't I don't want to remember, for example, Kieran Trippier on on the poor season that he had last season. I, I'd, I'd like to remember him for what he did before that um, and by the same token Ericsson he's not a legend as, as you both said he's a fan's favourite a very good player um, I just in his defence the only thing I would say I think it's, it's, it's a shame that things have worked out that way and it just slightly tarnish it but I don't I don't necessarily think that he's at fault here because I don't think that he's done anything wrong in terms of um, he's never thrown his toys out of the pram and said, "Oh, I don't want to play," or you know, gone on strike. Some sometimes some footballers do that. Um, this is what he said. Just to go back to last summer and and in the aftermath of our Champions League final defeat, he, he said, and I quote: "This is well, according to the quote so in the, in the Danish." Um, paper uh, I feel I'm at the stage of my career where I would like to try something new I have the deepest respect for everything that is happening at Tottenham and it would not be something negative to stay but I have also said that I would like to try something new I hope that something will be decided in the summer that is the plan in football you never know when there could be a decision like that it could be at any point the best thing is always for it to happen quickly but in football things take time and you might say that he was sort of covering every base there and being very diplomatic but that you know, he's been very respectful about Spurs. He he said that you know he would be happy to stay there, and it wouldn't be a bad thing. But he it, it it's got to the point point in his career where he wants to move on and try something different, and that's that's perfectly fine. And he wanted it done really in the summer. And the fact that it wasn't really to me is a failure of the club. And this goes again back to to Levy. We we should have moved him, tried to move move him on in the summer. Um, arguably. 12 months before that we should have said to him look so here's a contract sign it sign it now because we don't want to be in a situation where we we're down to the final year of your contract and if the player had refused then we should have sold him the summer before last I don't think he's at fault but unfortunately I think the circumstances will have arisen and the fact that he hasn't moved on in a timely manner mean that um, his reputation will be slightly tarnished if we'd have sold him two seasons ago and he would have got we'd have got a hundred million quid from him, mm-hmm. I think people would probably call him a legend. Um, the fact that, but that again, this isn't his fault. This is the way the clubs dealt with it. So mm-hmm. I think again, this probably goes down to Levy being at fault more than Christian Eriksen. But you know, they we're now probably going to be lucky to get twenty million quid for him or he's going to walk away on a free when we should have cashed in. And this is the thing. At the same time, Liverpool stole Coutinho for 100 million quid and rebuilt, they added more players to the side and pushed on, and we haven't. So, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, again, down to the club. Okay, final question. Um, Greg Taylor, um, what are your expectations for the rest of the season? Uh, Seventh. Um, okay. What 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 really annoys me is clubs. Uh, everybody, it's it's uh, um, a complete 
scramble for fourth place at the moment. Nobody's even Leicester uh, 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 have switched off. Um, it, there's a lot of clubs that are, are struggling to get find any form to get into that position. And even if we'd have had any kind of consistency at all, we would be walking into fourth place at the moment, and we're not. And that's what's. Re- uh, but yeah, I can't see us getting any higher than seventh. I really can't. Just to say, Leicester have lost to Burnley. Yeah, they well, they've switched off. Nobody's pushing I've them. Just seen. I've just seen. Um, Nobody's again, pushing it's, them. It's, it's that's exactly right. That's exactly right. It, it, you know, it comes to you look at the weekend this weekend in particular, and every, everyone around us has dropped points, and, and so have we. You know, on the, on a week where we need to be claiming all three points to put as much pressure as possible on them, you know, we don't do our own job, and and that's been the story of our season so far. You know, it's all right waiting for people to drop points around you, but if you're not picking up the maximum points, then what's the point? You're going to stay where you are. And at the moment, what we eighth, seventh, eighth, ninth, and and at this stage of the season, I mean, I hope I'm on a later pod and things have turned around and we're sort of and we and we're in the position that we that we want to be in. But at this point in the season, our expectation can only be Europa League football finishing in sixth or you know hopefully hopefully higher but at this point there's nothing on the pitch to correlate that to say mm-hmm. that this is what's going to happen so you know we have our, our expectations are very much dictated about how the rest of the season goes um i think i think that like i said before jose's got his eggs in the fa cup basket i really do um whether we win that is <laughs> You've got, you still got to beat the likes of City and Liverpool and whoever else are going to still be in the later stages of the cup. It's, it's by no means a, a, a guaranteed place to, to get a trophy because, you know, you still got to beat the big boys when when those uh, when those fixtures get less and less and less because they're still going to be in it. Mark my words. Yeah. Um, what about you, hmm. Jav? What do you see? Um... What do I see my crystal ball? Nothing. Um, I just see I, I, my expectations are zero, pretty much. I just I've, I've written the season off. Um, I think we'll lose on Saturday. I think we'll get knocked out of the FA Cup. Um, everybody's a bit worried about Leipzig. I think we'll get past Leipzig and get to the quarterfinals, but then play draw be you know drawn against somebody like Liverpool or Man City or Barcelona and Madrid. They'll and they'll do us. So they'll, we'll be out of Europe. And the league, realistically, I think that Leicester, you said, lost today. Chelsea dropped some points, a couple of points yesterday. Um, so it's true that the teams above us at the moment, Chelsea United, Wolves, Sheffield United currently, they do drop points, but so do we. And I can't really see at the moment. We we just seem way off it. We're not really showing any level of con- consistency. Um, there is a possibility we play Chelsea again in February. There is a possibility because they've got some difficult games from now to then. And we've got a few games before then, uh, one of which will be Man City, I think, in a couple of weeks' time at home, which won't be easy. But there is a possibility we could find ourselves in a situation if we start to hit a run and they struggle in their games, that we could get into that Chelsea match in a not in a somewhat similar situation when we played them um, back in December. With fourth suddenly a possibility, um, if, if, you know we, we could find ourselves a few, a few points behind, knowing that if we beat them at Stamford Bridge, we'd go fourth. I can't see that though, and I and I think even if we we do that, I can just see us faltering again, just like we did 
back in December. I just realistically, I think we're going to finish the lowest that we have done since Redknapp took over from Ramos, and we finish eighth that season. I think I think we'll finish about seventh or eighth, to be honest. Which is even lower than when we had the AVB Sherwood season when when we finished sixth in 13-14. Oh gosh, hey ho, positive times ahead. <laughs> why, <laughs> yeah. why, why does it always turn so bloody depressing when I'm on the pod? <laughs> we keep, keep keep saying this, John. Every, every time we we sort of end on a, <laughs> end on a really depressing note, but I yeah. I just don't you know no, I, don't see it at the moment. I think the one the one thing this shows is that we we can be um, pessimistic, but also quite realistic on it. You know, it, 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 having no expectations. If we do better than that, we can come out quite pleased. If it gets worse than that, we're you know we're not going to be surprised by it. So there's nothing wrong with that attitude, if I'm honest. Yeah. Yep. Right. Um, the next podcast we shall be recording will be some point over the weekend um, after after the Southampton match. Um, until then, all that's left for me to say: Thank you, Zoe. Thanks for the therapy, guys. Cheers. <laughs> thank you, John. Cheers. I'm off on my afternoon nap. And until next time, the future's bright. The future's lily white. Good night. So bloody slow, you are the first team, the last team my dreams have ever seen. Put on that lily white and run onto that green. White Hart Lane has seen its pain, it's had its low tonight. We fought our team through thick and thin and all those boring nights. And when the game is done, we'll sing a song and talk it out all night. Hey! Come on, Tottenham, stick it in the goal. Come on, Tottenham, don't be so bloody slow. You are the first team, the last team my dreams have ever seen. Pull on that lily white and run on to that green. Oh, we've seen them come, we've seen them go, the names up on our shirt. Gods have failed as men are hailed and faces in the dirt. Now gather round and sing it out and we'll talk out over her.